Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VTW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. WXME, AM 780, Monticello, Holton, Presque Isle. Good morning, Aroostook County. This is the Aroostook Washington Radio Show. This is Jack McCarthy, your host. We're coming to you live on the Constitutional Radio Network, the Conscience of Maine, on WXME Superstation 780 out of Monticello, Maine, and throughout the state on our microtransmitter network. Coming to you in Westbrook in the Back Bay of Portland on 88.1 in Bangor and Brewer, 96.5 in Lewiston, 1700 a.m. and around the world on the internet you can join in today uh you might want to join in this is this is sanctity of life week and what's that mean does that mean that last week is sanctity of death week wait a minute let's talk about that a little bit we're going to get into that a little bit you probably many of you won't like what i'm going to say about that but uh, we'll get into that in just a minute. And let's see, what else? Um, you can enter that conversation via TalkShoe.com, T-A-L-K-S-H-O-E, TalkShoe.com. Look for Aroostook Watchman, and uh, you'll find it right there. Just click on the Join the little purple Join the Call button, or you can simply call on your phone from anywhere in the world, 724-444-7444. 444-7444. It'll ask you for an access code, 52956 and a pound sign. And, and uh, it may ask you for a pin. If it does, it's just one and a pound sign. So 52956 and a pound sign. We'll get you right on. And as long as you're reasonably uh, kind, we'll talk. Let's see. We have someone on from Maine already. Who's on with me? Good morning. Okay. Just dialed in. Not wanting to talk. That's okay. That's the way that works. You can jump right in there and uh, get right in and listen to the show from your phone. Or you can uh, put your hand up and want to talk. We'll see how that goes this morning. Okay. While we're getting ready here. Let's get into James 1, 2 through 8. That's kind of long, but uh, we're going to do it anyway. James 1, 2 through 8. Consider it wholly joyful, my brethren, whenever you are enveloped in or encounter trials of any sort or fall into various temptations. Be assured and understand that the trial and proving you of your faith bring out endurance and steadfastness and patience. But let endurance and steadfastness and patience have full play and do a thorough work so that you may be people perfectly and fully developed with no defects, lacking in nothing. If any of you is deficient in wisdom, let him ask of the living God who gives to everyone liberally and ungrudgingly without reproaching or fault-finding, and it will be given him. Only it must be in faith that he asks, with no wavering, no hesitating, no doubting, for the one who wavers, hesitates, doubts, is like the billowing surge out at sea that is blown hither and thither and tossed by the wind. For truly, let not such a person imagine he will receive anything he asks from the Lord. For a man of two minds 
hesitating, dubious, irresolute. He is unstable and unreliable and uncertain about everything he thinks, feels, and decides. So let's, uh, let's take that to heart. Be steadfast of one mind. Hmm. We will uh, we'll get into a little bit of that as we get along here. Okay, um, announcements. I don't think there are any. Uh, just a few uh, few things going on, but uh, we'll have those coming up. Uh, announcement from the um, from our friend Wayne Leach. Uh, he came through surgery apparently with flying colors. He's doing well. Um, we'll see. We should get another update again this morning. I haven't gotten one. Uh, I spoke to him. Um, Sunday afternoon, and uh, he was in pretty good spirits and uh, was conversant, and uh, we're very pleased and thankful that he's doing so well. So uh, let's see here. Okay, so we're into, let's see, there we go. Okay, Ephesians 6.5. Okay, good morning, folks in chat. See, when you get into talk show, you can also get in the chat room. And you can uh, chain, exchange uh, email information and websites and URLs and post all kinds of stuff. It's, it's a great tool. So you can get right in there. Works pretty cool. Okay, let's see. Let's just start with the title of our show today was supposed to be, and it, and it is, um, Don't Look Now, Russia, Saudi, China, Korea, Switzerland. Um, what's going on while you're looking while you're watching Charlie Hebdo, uh, the world is coming, crashing around our ears while we're watching one uh, And we're back. Got bumped again. Must not like what we're going to say here. That's... Uh, that's not good. Not good. Okay, I'll get back in the chat here. I can do that when that happens. I just have to go back in and uh, rejoin the call, just like you would. And i got to put in all those crazy numbers and passwords and stuff, and I will do that right now. And we'll see if that works. There we go. Okay. So... There we go. We're back. And whoever's there with us, well, whoever was on with, from Maine hung up. That's uh, Sorry about that. Welcome back. We're coming to you live on the Constitutional Radio Network, the conscience of Maine. And we're going to go back into it. Where was everyone? Where were all those cameras when the uh, 2,000 people were killed, 2,000 Christians, not just not just non-Muslims, 2,000 specific Christians were killed in Nigeria over the last couple of weeks. Where's all the publicity? Where's all the press? No, they've got us watching. They've got us watching what they want us to watch. You see, they've got us watching exactly what they want us to watch all the time, and um, then we wonder why we're going in one direction or another. We're, we're all being totally manipulated. Look at look at what's going on right now with the oh just the simple thing of this latest proclamation of the the uh, president of the United States on college. They're talking about free college. Let's see what's that. What's free college mean? More free stuff. Free college. Two years of college will become as free and universal as high school is today. Really? Free college will cost federal taxpayers $60 billion. States will have to cough up 25% of the cost. To participate, community colleges will have to get federal approval for their curriculum. Oh, again, federal government, federal control. This only covers tuition which is about 20% of the cost of attending college. So you can count on the mainstream media to keep calling it free college, anything but free. Hmm. So 
before we get into the Swiss and the, the uh, Russia and and uh, China and all that, let's let's talk about let's talk about Sanctity of Life Week for just a minute. Really, you want to get into that? So let's just say that let's just say that tomorrow morning, overnight, because of all the activity and the the pro-life folks that are out there on the picket lines and and uh, writing letters, let's just say that the nine people with black robes at the Supreme Court have a wonderful epiphany. And they get together tonight and have coffee and some cognac and decide that they're going to overturn Roe versus Wade. No problem. We're just going to overturn it and fix everything. Okay? Let's see. What's that going to do? That will automatically, that will automatically on Wednesday morning or Thursday morning, the the 4,000 women who ask to have their babies killed will change their minds, right? Because nine judges overturned Roe versus Wade. Really? Is that the way that works? Just, uh, just the way that works, right? All you have to do is pass a law, and that fixes everything. Or change a law, and that fixes everything. Uh, uh, we have a little failure of imagination here. What's going on? Changing the law, overturning Roe versus Wade is going to fix what? Nothing. Nothing. It's a moral failure. It's a failure of the church. If the church was doing its job, if the pro-life activity was accomplishing its goal, people wouldn't be asking for the someone to terminate their baby, would they? It's, we do this all the time. It's a failure of the church to present the moral ethic to maintain the moral high ground. It's the failure of the church. It's not about you didn't lobby enough to get a law changed. It's not about you didn't protest enough. It's not about changing the law. It's about changing the hearts and minds. And sorry, but at that, the church is an abject failure. If the church was not a failure in this, it wouldn't matter because there wouldn't be 4,000 people asking for their babies to be killed today. It's either medical, as in a medical issue, verified, or it's murder. We don't want to go there. We want to pass a law that governs who can murder who when. Hmm. Isn't that interesting? Interesting. So... You know, and it's the same thing. It's the same thing with the with the homosexual marriage issue. Passing a law, really? That's the key. We'll we'll pass the sanctity of marriage law. I'm sorry. It's not going to work. We either believe that it's wrong and don't do it, or we believe it's right and do it. Passing laws only makes more criminals. That's what they want, more criminals. 
That way you can be prosecuted. Hmm. So where's the failure? Is the failure in the people who have been nominated and passed into this position of supreme authority at the Supreme Court? These are the people that are at fault? No, don't think so. They may be useless, but they're not the ones at fault. That's not the way it works. Once again, here we are. Once again, let's go back to see. Let's let's use this analogy again. The law, you want to pass a law to make homosexual marriage legal or illegal. Either way, it doesn't matter. You want to pass a law to make killing babies legal or illegal. It doesn't matter. The law is not the issue. The laws were written, the licenses, tests, are written by people who have never taken a test to do their job. There's very few tests, there's very few positions in this world, in our American culture, there's very few jobs that you can do, there's very few professions that you can undertake that do not require you to have a license from some government entity. So you have to have a license to be a plumber. You have to have a license to be a clinical a clinician, a psychologist, a psychiatrist. You get licensed. And in order to get that, you pass a test. Most of them are written. Most of them are very extensive. Most of them are very difficult. You have to actually know something. It doesn't mean that what you know is correct, necessarily, but you have to know something. You have to pass the test. And who writes those laws? People who have never had to take a test for the job that they're doing. All they had to do was kiss the right ring get the right number of votes, get the right amount of money, and now they become the lawmakers. So so where do we go with this? You want to be a lawmaker? You want to write the laws that require everybody else to have to take a written test to be able to function and be productive in society. You have to take a test to be able to do that. But the guys that make the laws that require the test don't have to take a test to be lawmakers. How upside down, inside out, and backwards can it possibly get? How crazy. So when I say... I'm not a real happy camper with Sanctity of Life Week. It's because they've got us focused on the wrong syllable. we got the emphasis on the wrong syllable. You're not going to change. Roe versus Wade isn't going to change anything. There will still be the same number of people the next morning wanting to kill that baby. It's not going to change until we figure out, until the church assumes its proper role and changes the hearts and minds of people, it's not going to happen. But That's okay. That's what we're doing. We just keep looking at all the wrong places. So let's get into our other little thing this morning. Russia, while we were watching the events in Paris and not the events in Nigeria, Russia was turning off the pipeline. Oh, my goodness. Where's the... uh, We got it right here someplace. 
Putin. Putin's going to go, he's going to fix it. He cuts off the European gas supplies and selling dollars. Hmm? Vladimir Putin, silent lately, hasn't been a lot of uh, saber rattling, but if anyone thought he'd been shamed into defeat or marginalized, think again. The last few hours, this is from the 15th, the last few hours, Russia has announced two key strategic decisions that show they are not going to stand idly by while their economy and way of life are destroyed by Western forces. First, presumably in response to stiff sanctions leveled by the United States and the European Union after the annexation of Crimea last year, Russia has cut off 60% of Europe's gas supplies right in the middle of winter. This has caused an almost immediate crisis in six European nations that have been seen a complete cutoff to their supplies, Bulgaria, Greece, Macedonia, Romania, Croatia, and Turkey, with more to follow. According to reports via Zero Hedge, the effect has been almost instantaneous. With, let's see, did, was, this the, uh, was this the top news yesterday? In this, in the in the uh, news cycle, was this was this the big one? Mm, no, I think it was something about the Super Bowl. Without Russia, residents across Europe have no way of staying warm. Vladimir Putin ordered the Russian state energy giant Gazprom to cut supplies to and through the Ukraine. That its neighbor has been, let's see, amid accusations that its neighbor has been siphoning off and stealing Russian gas due to these transition risks for European communities in the territory of Ukraine. Gazprom cut gas exports to Europe by 60%, plunging the continent into an energy crisis within hours. Listen, folks. This is how quickly things can change. Don't be lulled to sleep. Just because the price of gas is down, the economy has not been fixed in the last couple of weeks. Just because the price of gas is down, everything's not better. The economy is in the tank. Just because the price of gas is down, don't go to sleep. This can change in hours and minutes and days, not years. Perhaps explaining the explosion higher in natural gas prices, gas companies in the Ukraine confirmed that Russia had cut off supply and six countries reported a complete shutoff of Russian gas. The European Union raged at the sudden cutoff of some of its member countries was completely unacceptable. Hmm. Interesting. Russia has taken similar steps in the past because of non-payment, but turned the gas supplies back on once deals are reached. This time, however, there won't be a deal. Russia says it will deliver gas through Turkey, and then it's up to the European Union to build the infrastructure that will transport it to the rest of the continent. Whoa. But... We're not paying attention to this. Uh, let's see. Let's see the other one. May, as uh, Bloomberg reports, Russia may unseal its $88 billion reserve fund and convert some of its foreign currency holdings into rubles. The latest government effort to prop up an economy veering into its worst slump since 2009. These are dollars which Russia would otherwise recycle into U.S.-dominated assets. Instead, Russia will purchase even more rubles and use the proceeds for FX and economic stabilization purposes. Together with the central bank, we are selling a part of our foreign currency reserves. Finance Minister Anton Slavonov said in Moscow today, We'll get rubles and place them in deposits for banks, giving liquidity to the economy. This is quantitative easing, Russian style. So how's that working for us, folks? 
There's a revolt going, folks. There's a revolution. But it's not the one we were looking for. It's not fixing the U.S. The, the empire that we have built is crumbling, just as the British Empire crumbled, just as the Roman Empire crumbled. As we lose our moral compass, the world is crumbling around us, and uh, I hear the fiddle. Nero's playing. What's he playing? Okay, so that's just well, that's that's just Russia. They've always been cantankerous, you know, just Russia. Hmm. Wait a minute. What about Switzerland? You know, Switzerland. That's the 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 solid place. That's the that's where everything just kind of stays rock solid, right? Uh, breaking news. Swiss banks divorce the euro. Hello? Wait a minute. Swiss banks are pulling away from the euro? Wow. Don't wait any longer. Time is now to trade your paper for gold before the total currency collapse. Think about that. Watchmakers in Switzerland, Swiss banks, currency, U-turn, hurts watchmakers. Central bankers, abandonment of Swiss franc euro cap described as a tsunami of pain for exporters and tourism industry. Watchmakers, ski resorts, currency traders were facing big losses last Thursday when the Swiss central bank stunned the financial markets by abandoning its currency peg against the euro. Swiss manufacturers faced with one business leader described as a tsunami of financial pain as the franc responded to the shock announcement jumping by an initial 30% against the euro. Movements of around 2% are usually considered big in the foreign exchange markets. The move wiped 9% off the value of the Swiss stock market. 9%. Its biggest one-day fall in more than 25 years. One trader described the market reaction as complete carnage. The Swiss action is the latest event to unsettle markets since the turn of the year and came in mid growing concern that the health of the global economy and warnings from the International Monetary Fund that the recovery since the recession of 808 and 09 remain weak. Speaking of, what the heck is that? In the U.S., IMF Director Christine Lagardia said global growth was still too low, too brittle, and too lopsided. There was a risk, she added, of the Eurozone and Japan getting stuck in a world of low growth and low inflation for a prolonged period. I thought low inflation was a good thing. Strong signs the European Central Bank will announce a large-scale program of quantitative easing. What's that mean, folks? Electronic money printing. Inflate the money supply. It's all smoke and mirrors to lift the eurozone out of deflation was seen by currency traders as the main reason for the Swiss Swiss National Bank ditching its 3-year campaign to stop the franc damaging Swiss exports by becoming too strong against the euro ah uh, but with rich russians looking for a safe haven during the ruble crisis hot money has been flowing into switzerland in recent weeks adding to the Swiss National Bank's difficulties in holding down the franc. We keep doing this. Okay, now wait a minute. Wait a minute. That's, okay. Now, China. China? China missed its, its, its target for their gross national product increase for the year. Wait a minute. Well, sure, of course. It, it's, uh, its target was 7.5% growth, and it only hit 7.2% growth. Well, that's normal. You, know, you don't always hit your target. Wait a minute, folks. We're talking about China here. They never missed their target because it's 100% manipulated. How is it that China 
could possibly miss its growth market when all it does is fix the numbers any way it wants. Is there a is there a rebellion? Is there a failure? What's going on in China? How many heads are going to roll that deal? But we don't hear about it. Silence. Dead silence. What's going on? Hmm. So we have Russia hmm. cutting off the, the, the fuel supply to Eastern Europe. We have the Swiss engaging in divorcing the euro. We have the International Monetary Fund engaging in quantitative easing. That's not just the Federal Reserve of the United States engaging in quantitative easing. This is the International Monetary Fund engaging in quantitative easing. That's code for we're going to print more dollars so everybody thinks they have enough money to go around, which means that every single one of your dollars is worth less. Depending upon how you pronounce that, it can also be worthless. So if they print enough, if they make enough digital money, if they make enough digital currency, every one of your digital dollars becomes worth less until they turn into worthless nothing. See, even in, in Switzerland, this is, this is kind of a uh, how it dumbs down. It gets down there. Swiss watchmakers are already grappling with weak demand in Asia and are very exposed to the moves in Swiss franc exchange rate because they export almost all they produce. This global economy being manipulated by a few people, just a few people. Julian Men, I can't pronounce that, analyst at financial markets, said the central bank's cutting its interest rate to minus 0.75%. How does that work? A minus interest rate ensures the appetite for the, for the franc as a safe haven Haven will remain limited, avoiding a negative shock for the Swiss economy. Really? This should work at least in the near term, whether this will still be the case after the European Central Bank's meeting on 22 January, uh, that's coming up, and a likely quantitative easing announcement remains to be seen. Mm -hmm. The euro declined to 80 francs before recovering slightly to stand at 1.03 francs, the franc also gained 25% against the dollar to trade at 89 francs per dollar. It's all manipulated. These are these financial markets are a joke, pretty sick joke. You look at the the stock market and all this this global the economy, and and here we go again. They're talking about things that don't even really exist. All this. Digital, these digital entries, they're going to, they're, they're basically, I mean, it's so crazy. They're just going to move the decimal point for you. If you did that, if you do that in your personal finances, your real finances, the one where you buy food with, the one that you spend, the, the, the way that you get back and forth to work in your automobile, you can go to jail. Well, I'll just, I'll just get. I'll write a check for $2 and get $20 worth of gas. How's that going to work for you? I don't think they're going to do it. But that's what these people are doing. Oh, no problem. We'll just just slide the decimal point over a little bit because, uh, yeah, we just need to to keep the balloon inflated. It's all about the inflation of the balloon. Nothing to do with reality. Oh, let's see. What was the other one here? Let's, uh, what was, uh, what's this? That's the ABCs. Anyway, here we go. Nobody's paying attention. We're watching 
we're watching the television. The headline news is about the Super Bowl and the terrorist attack in France. And nothing else matters. Nope. But wait a minute. No, wait a minute. And and Boehner, Boehner says, where is he here? Uh, capital bomb plot shows surveillance laws are necessary. Okay, so wait a minute. That's what we need, right? We need we need more surveillance because John Boehner says so. Uh, wait a minute. Where is it here? Just just be happy, folks. Be happy. Controversial U.S. surveillance law known as FISA led to the discovery of a plot against the U.S. Capitol. House Speaker John Boehner said Thursday, hinting that lawmakers may know more about how the FBI discovered the plan than court documents have revealed. A federal court complaint filed on Wednesday indicated the FBI began monitoring 20-year-old Christopher Canal after his Twitter post indicated his support for the Islamic State. Cornell then told an FBI informant that he planned to place pipe bombs inside U.S. Capitol buildings and shoot employees and officials inside, according to court documents. Well, that's interesting. That's interesting. Uh, Compare that to the father of this young man. No doubt disturbed. No doubt. But after 20-year-old unemployed Ohio man Christopher Lee Cornell was arrested Wednesday in connection with an alleged ISIS plot. you got to love this stuff. you got to love the way they write this. And shoot U.S. lawmakers in Washington, D.C. His father claimed that Cornell did not have enough money to carry out the attack and that the plot was an FBI setup. And a Republican Party way to increase the surveillance state. Police state, police state, hello. On Wednesday, 20-year-old Green Township, Ohio man Christopher Lee Cornell, described by his father as a mommy's boy, was arrested in his hometown on charges of attempting to kill a U.S. government official after he purchased two rifles and 600 rounds of ammunition at an Ohio gun store. Cornell had also allegedly made travel... How did he pass that background check? If he's on the FBI watch list, how did he pass that background check? Hello, people. Pay attention. Cornell had also allegedly made travel plans to Washington, D.C., which Federal Bureau of Investigation officials characterized as final steps in a plot, set off bombs at the U.S. Capitol. Then open fire on anyone fleeing the premises. According to the ABC News, who, who, who are those guys? Oh, yeah, ABC News. Hmm. The FBI began watching Cornell months ago after he allegedly published pro-ISIS tweets under the name Rahil Maharas Udaya, whatever. The above-linked CNN video contains an interview with Cornell's father who claims that his son was coerced into the plot by FBI agents. FBI officials claim that Cornell said on, in online communications, I believe we should just wage jihad under our own orders and plan attacks and everything. I believe we should meet up and make our own group in alliance with the Islamic State here and plan operations ourselves. Did he put that on there? Maybe. Was he helped with it? Maybe. Did they put it on there for him? Maybe. It's the Internet, folks. You can't trust it at all. Cornell allegedly said that accused American terror mastermind Alwaki, who was killed in an extrajudicial drone strike in 2011, gave Cornell the thumbs up to orchestrate these attacks. Really? Really. The 20-year-old Cornell would have been in his mid to early teens during that time. Kid. A young kid. A mama's boy. 
described by his parents as unemployed, quiet, good person with a typical upbringing, Cornell recently converted to Islam. But he also met with an FBI informant twice in Cincinnati, once over a two-day period in October, and again over a two-day period in November. So four days. Here's a kid. What is he? 20 years old? So during this period of time, he went from 17 to 20. And... uh, got nothing to do but uh, read stupid stuff about ISIS and some Muslim lunatic. And he is a great patsy. They got him to do this, potentially, possibly. And they're the heroes because they They've ferreted out this this dangerous, dangerous kid and stopped the carnage that was going to happen in D.C., which justifies their existence and enhances the police state mentality to increase surveillance. Really. You like the way this is going, folks? Cornell's father said he was a vulnerable, gullible 16-year-old in a 20-year-old body, and I think the FBI coerced him. There was no way he came up with this terror plot. Somebody put that in his head. Cornell's father also doubted that his unemployed son had the necessary funds, skills, or motive to carry out the attack. He only had $1,287 saved up. Those guns cost over 1700 He's a big mama's boy, you know. His best friend is his kitty cat. There's no way he could have carried out any kind of terrorist plot. He didn't drive, and he didn't have a car. How's he going to get from Ohio to Washington? This is... The, A report cited by RT and published by Project SLAM analyzed 399 FBI anti-terror cases and claimed that 95% of arrests targeted individuals who were coerced into their plots by FBI agents. The report stated the government uses agent provocateurs to target individuals who express dissident ideologies. Bounced out of there again? Darn thing. Oh, that's still working. Okay. Um, The government uses agents. Where are they? And then provides these provocateurs with fake, harmless missiles, bombs, guns, encouragement, friendships, and the technical and strategic planning necessary to see if the targeted individual can be manipulated into planning violent or criminal action. John Cornell Sr. did say that his son might have made some inflammatory posts online to voice his frustrations as Christopher Lee Cornell was known to defend Muslims in political debates. Cornell's family was questioned by police following his arrest. John Cornell Sr. claimed that the police who questioned him would have used a battering ram to breach his door had he not opened it. Following Christopher Lee Cornell's arrest, the FBI and Department of Homeland Security issued a joint bulletin which said the alleged activity of Cornell highlight the continued interest of U.S.-based violent extremists to support designated foreign terror organizations overseas, such as ISIL. By committing terror acts in the United States, terrorist groups and supporters will almost certainly continue to use social media platforms to disseminate English language violent extremist messages. The accused plotter, 20-year-old Cornell, will appear in court for the first time, did appear in the court for the first time last Friday. you got to love it. Really? He's 20 years old, doesn't drive, doesn't have a car, 
got twelve hundred bucks in his checking account. He spent seventeen hundred on guns and ammo, and got a background check. Whoa, whoa, whoa! Wait a minute! Wait a minute! If he's on the FBI watch list, how did he get clearance? How did his background check come back okay? You think they let it go through? Oh, it was just a glitch. It was just a glitch. We got to tighten that up. No, no, no. Wake up, people. Wake up, people. <sighs> and uh, let's see. I've got to find that one. Here we go. False flag. Whether you believe it or not, whether it's true or not, this is an opinion of Paul Craig Roberts. Going to do a little bit of the first part of this. This comes from uh, where is it here? Paul Craig Roberts. In case you don't know who this guy is, he's a 75-year-old, an economist, columnist for Creators Syndicate, is a former assistant secretary of the Treasury in the Reagan administration co-founder of Reaganomics, a former editor and columnist for the Wall Street Journal, Business Week, Scripps Howard News Service. So he's obviously um, an Alex Jones supporter. No, Wall Street, Business Week, Scripps. He has testified before congressional committees on 30 occasions on issues of economic policy. So are we... Should we listen to this guy? I don't know. Um, Roberts wrote this essay. Um, let's see if I can get to the to the heart of it here. The Craig, the Charlie Hebdo affair. This is this is Paul Great Craig Roberts from January 14th. The Charlie Hebdo affair has many of the characteristics of a false flag operation. The attacks on our cartoonist office was a disciplined, professional attack of the kind associated with highly trained special forces, yet the suspects who were later corralled and killed seemed bumbling and unprofessional. It's like two different sets of people. This is not mine. This is Paul Craig Roberts, a well-respected, person who has been around a long time involved in a lot of stuff now take this is this is he is he trying to create a wrong thought here is he trying to go in the wrong direction here or is he actually believe this i don't know it's up to you you figure it out usually muslim terrorists are prepared to die in the attack yet the two professionals who hit charlie hebo hebdo were determined to escape and succeeded an amazing feat. Their identity was allegedly established by the claim that they conveniently left for the authorities their ID in the getaway car. Really? Such a mistake is inconsistent with the professionalism of the attack and reminds me of the undamaged passport found miraculously among the ruins of the two World Trade Center towers that served to establish the identity of the 9-11 hijackers. Muhammad Ada's passport, remember? His passport was found that survived that horrendous crash, all the fire, and the passport just happens to land on top of the pack of, pack of pile of ruins. Mm -hmm. And these two guys, highly professional prepared attack, just conveniently, accidentally sort of left their IDs in the getaway car. Sure. It is a plausible inference that the ID left behind the getaway car was the ID of the two Kawashi brothers, convenient patsies, later killed by police, and from whom we will never hear anything, and not the ID of the professionals who actually did the Charlie Hebdo attack. An important fact that supports this inference is the report that the third suspect in the attack, Hamad Murad, Murad, however you pronounce that, the alleged driver of the getaway car, 
when seeing his name circulated on social media as a suspect, realized the danger he was in, quickly turned himself into the police for protection against being murdered by security forces as a terrorist. Hmm. This guy says he is an, has an ironclad alibi. If so, this makes him the despoiler of a false flag attack. Authorities will have to say that despite being wrong about Murad, they were right about the Couchy brothers. Alternatively, Murad could be coerced or tortured into some sort of confession that supports the official story. The American and European media have ignored the fact that Murad turned himself in for protection from being killed as a terrorist as he has an alibi. When you Google Murad and find in, on January 12th was the main U.S. and European media reporting that the third suspect had turned himself in, the reason for his surrender was left out of the reports. The news was reported in a way that gave credence to the accusation that the suspect who turned himself in was part of the attack on Charlie Hebdo. Not a single U.S. mainstream media source reported that the alleged suspect turned himself in because he has an ironclad alibi. Hmm. Some media nearly reported Murad's surrender in a headline with no coverage in the report. The list that I Googled included includes the Washington Post, uh, Die Welt from Germany. One suspect is quoted saying, one suspect has turned himself into the police in connection with Wednesday's massacre at the offices of the satirical magazine Charlie Hebdo, ABC News, reports youngest suspect in Charlie Hebrew attack turns himself in. Citing sources, the agency France Press News Agency reported that an 18-year-old suspect in the attack has surrendered to police. Another puzzle in the official story that remains under or unreported by the prostitute media is the alleged suicide of a high-ranking member of the French judicial police who had an important role in the Charlie Hebdo investigation. For unknown reasons... Helric Friedon, a police officer, a police official involved in the most important investigation of a lifetime, decided to kill himself in his police office on January 7th or January 8th. Both dates are reported in the foreign media. In the middle of the night, while writing his report on this investigation, hmm, wonder where that report went. A Google search as of 6 p.m. January 13th, turns up no mainstream media U.S. report of this event. The alternative media reports it, as do some U.K. newspapers, but without suspicion on whether or mention whether his report has disappeared. The official story is that Frito was suffering from depression and burnout, but no evidence is provided. Depression and burnout are the standard explanations of mysterious deaths that have unsettling implications. Once again, you see the U.S. print and TV media serving as a ministry of propaganda for Washington. In place of investigation, the media repeats the government's implausible story. Okay, one more. One more. Where is it? Ah, one more. Take this for what it's worth. The creator, director, and producer of the controversial movie about the encroaching police state and FEMA camps in America, David Crowley has been found dead with his wife and young daughter over the weekend. The police are calling it murder-suicide, a murder-suicide incident, yet not ruling out anything suspicious. The movie was currently in production, and Crowley had recently received a contract of $30 million to complete the project of his dreams, while depression can have its harsh effects on people, his friends and co-workers have stated that the police story is highly unlikely. His movie, Gray State, had a sort of cult following with a nearly a million views of his trailer on YouTube. Hmm. Mur uh, Murder-suicide. Murder-suicide. This is a guy writing, doing, producing a movie about the police state and he just got 30 million bucks to complete it and 
he's depressed and kills his wife and little girl and himself. Really? Really? Sure. If you go to uh, a guy that actually knows him, Gray State movie producer David Crowley and Family Found Dead, a warrior, a dreamer, a visionary. I met David Crowley when he was starting to promote his new project, Gray State, in Tampa, 2012. He had a vision of bringing a Hollywood-quality movie exposing the tyranny and destruction of the police state to theaters across the country. Two years later, he was succeeding. The trailer has been viewed by a million times, the film had raised nearly $61,000 in initial funding and then just recently got the $30 million. According to Apple Valley Police Department, it is a, quote, apparent murder-suicide that left him, his wife, and young daughter dead in Apple Valley, Minnesota home. The police haven't said how long, but their neighbor, who originally discovered the bodies, believe they've been laying there since before Christmas, as packages hadn't been taken inside. Pretty, pretty sad. What's going on here? Police are supposedly treating the murder as suspicious. Correlation does not equal causation. The fact that he was working on a successful film, exposing the police state, does not mean he was targeted with malicious intent, but it may have the same effect. As posted on Gray State, the rises... Facebook page, the team is unsure to the future of the product project. Hmm. Just another coincidence. Exposing FEMA and the police state, not a good thing. Could ruin your uh, could ruin your day. Well, that's just about it for today, folks. Thanks for being with us. I'm gonna try oh, it's no, I have to sign back in to see what you guys are saying in chat. I'm going to do that as we speak here. And don't forget, support the folks that support us. John Caven. See, I can't do that. I cannot type and talk at the same time. I just, I, I guess I'm just inept. Anyway, John Caven, Countywide Vacuum. John sells a perfect vacuum and services the rest. And you can call him at 207-492-1492. John Caven, Countywide Vacuum. Give him a call. Just reach out. Get the phone. Tell him to send you vacuum cleaner bags for your 75-year-old Hoover. He's got them. I'll bet you. John Caven, Countywide Vacuum. 207-492-1492. And I don't know how the trails are today. We had rain and nasty, nasty warm-up, and what a mess the uh, the roads are and the trails are. I'll bet it's really nasty out there. So, uh, but if you're up and gonna planning on, if you were planning on doing some snowmobiling, uh, you might want to check out the trails. But uh, stop it. Well, let's ride and gas up and get lunch. Have a great day there. Get some hot coffee and donuts. And the dumb phone is ringing. And uh, well, let's variety is right there. 24-7-365, right across from Caribou Performing Arts Center. Natural Living Center, great big health food store in Bangor, where I get to hang out once in a while and uh, help people make decisions and give them some information in the supplement department. they got a great supplement department, well-stocked, all kinds of great stuff, too many options, actually, and some good folks that know what they're doing and can help you make some better choices. They're located on... 209 Longview Drive in Bangor, and you can contact them at 207-990-2646. 207-990-2646 Natural Living Center in Bangor. Now, I'm going to have to go back in because I missed a bunch of what was going on in the chat, and it's not on my screen right now because I got bounced off. You can go to chatgrabber.com and uh, see what the folks were saying and posting and all the good information in there. So if you haven't done it before, it's a neat way to do it. Talkshoe.com is a great way to go. You can get in there and participate in the call, participate in the, the archives. There's 1,500 hours of downloadable stuff. We don't edit them out. We didn't take out the ones that uh, make us look like crazy people, but that's okay. Maybe we are crazy people. 
We listen to the mainstream media, right? Mm-hmm. So who's the crazy person? Have a great day, folks. We'll see you on the radio. WXME AM 780, Monticello, Holton, Presque Isle. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, over limited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.